You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, it's, it's getting to be that time. The trucks are being loaded up. They're heading down to Florida for spring training. The players will be there. Well, a lot of the players are already there, but they'll officially be there within the next week or week and a half. And I know you'll be down there before we know it uh, to cover the Red Sox in Fort Myers for spring training. So we're going to get into the offseason as a whole for the Red Sox and and we'll rehash what they've done and and how that's going to help the team and if they did enough. But I want to start by talking about a couple of young Boston Red Sox. I know you wrote an article this week about Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, and these two guys have, have kind of already become stars for this team. So young. Um, is this the future? Are these the two guys that are going to be on the cover of media guides for years to come and, and kind of become those new faces of the Red Sox as we see David Ortiz retire at the end of the year and, and Dustin Pedroia getting older as well? I really think so. I think the Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, you know, you just look at some of their highlights from last year, and they could be the real uh, cornerstone players for the Red Sox going forward. I, you know, I don't think the Red Sox have had two young uh, position players like this who are ready to go into their prime at the same time since really Jim Rice and Fred Lynn in '75, uh, and that uh, kind of set the the world on fire for the Red Sox at that time. And I think that these guys, uh, similar situation, they've also uh, become very good friends, which is interesting because you know. Uh, Xander Bogarts is from Aruba. You know, Mookie Betts is from Nashville, Tennessee. But they they formed a real uh, brotherhood, and uh, it's almost like Xander is the big brother. Even though I think if you look at the birth certificates, he's six days older. But uh, you know, uh, Bogarts got it into the major leagues a full season ahead of Betts, so he kind of went through some of the bumps in the road that uh, Mookie went through last year. And I think Xander kind of uh, served as a mentor to him in a lot of ways. So it's a really interesting relationship between those two. Now, is Mookie teaching Xander how to bowl? That's the big question. <laughs> no, I think Xander would, ra- would rather uh, find a soccer field somewhere and <laughs> you know, find, find a few guys to play soccer with. So, yeah, they, they have different hobbies uh, off the field, but certainly get a- along very well uh, in the clubhouse or out to dinner or, or what have you. Now, obviously, both these guys are, are locked into being in the Red Sox organization for years to come. As you said, bets one more year than Bogarts, but you have to think extension at some point. I mean, the Red Sox have have been really aggressive about finding those stars and and locking them up early on to get one of those deals that that you hope eventually saves the team some money, but at the same time really gives the the players some money as far as freedom goes early on in the deal, in their deal. Is that something that the Red Sox are going to do sooner rather than later with these two guys, or are they more likely to get close to free agency? Yeah, no, I mean, they have time with both guys. I think uh, Dave Dombrowski, uh, look, he just got to the Red Sox in August, so he hasn't been around these guys a whole lot yet. I think he's going to um, evaluate a little bit earlier in this, early this season. But, yeah, I think that is going to be something. And I think um, with Mookie Betts, I think it might simply be easier simply because his agent isn't Scott Porras. And we know that Scott uh, you know, doesn't have a huge history of, of signing um, quick extensions with, with players several years ahead of free agency. But, uh, yeah, they they would like to keep both guys with the team, you know, both 23 years old playing key positions, uh, both uh, exceptional players on offense and defense. The guys like this just don't come along very often. So I think eventually Dombrowski will put this issue on the front burner. It's just I think he feels that uh, there are other issues that are more pressing at this time. Yeah, and you'd, you'd certainly like to see a little more um... – 
extended success for these guys at the major league level as well. As good as they've been and as good as Betts was last year, I mean, really, just the, just the one big full season for him, you'd like to see that these guys are definitely going to be able to do it year in and year out. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and the key thing is just there's, there's no need to rush because you have several more years. I think you have uh, you know, Bogart has four more years before he can become a free agent, and I think that Betts has five more before he can become one. So it's just something to keep an eye on. But, you know, I, I don't sense that it's something that's on the front burner, nor does it need to be on the front burner right now. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's been a busy, maybe not lately, but early on, a very busy offseason for the Boston Red Sox as they try to once again go from worst to first in the American League East. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, though, struck early in this offseason. So let's go back to November. November 13th was the official day. The Red Sox acquired Crank Kimbrell. They gave away a lot to bring in Kimbrell, but they certainly have a guy who's bona fide in the ninth inning to close out games. And I guess if you had to look at at check boxes for the offseason, that was check box number one for Dombrowski. Yeah, exactly. All along, Dombrowski had kind of multiple tracks here. He was going to try to get um, a real uh, power arm for that bullpen. It didn't have to be a closer because he, he was also looking at somebody who could help supplement Koji and sort of fill in if Koji got hurt and then an ace pitcher. And then when they were able to get Kimbrel, uh, who they feel is the one of the two or three top closers in the game, that was simply a bonus. And the reason they were uh, willing to give up so much talent was because, A, they didn't have to give up any major league talent. They didn't have to dip into their young core, Betts and Bogarts and Swihart or Jackie Bradley or any of these guys. And the second thing is that they knew that um, when they got their ace pitcher, it wasn't going to be via trade. Dombrowski had made enough talks with other teams to know that the cost – for an ace pitcher, was simply too high. He was going to spend money on that, so he felt that the trade for Timberwolves was going to be the one trade um, this winter where he would for, where he would uh, you know forego some big prospects, and he did so, and uh, you know he, he felt good about the trade. Yeah, the prospects: Carlos Asuaje, Javier Guerra, Logan Allen, uh, Manuel Margot. Two of those guys are in MLB Pipeline's top 100 now going into the 2016 season, but. The fact is, the Red Sox have such a deep system, and there's so many prospects in it that eventually you have to trade some of them because there's not that many places in the major league club. So you got to pick your moments. I guess that's the the argument for making this deal. The argument against it would be, well, you, you know, you hang on to the guys as long as you can, or maybe there could have been a better deal made. But I think at the end of the day. You have prospects for a reason. Some of them are going to be major league players in your club. Others, you're going to have to deal away to get guys that are going to contribute at the major league level. And to get a guy like Craig Kimbrell, you certainly can't argue with that. Well, you mentioned that the Red Sox and Dave Dombrowski decided they were going to go out and spend money as far as adding starting pitchers through free agency. And boy, did they spend money, Ian. David Price gets a whopping contract that has an opt-out in it but it kind of set the tone for this offseason. Yes, they had Kimbrell, but getting Price was really the big fish. Yeah, I think it, uh, it was one that excited everyone. Because, look, what were we all talking about last year at this time with the Red Sox? We were talking about the fact that they were um, they had a strategy of going into the season without an ace pitcher. <laughs> you know, after they, had, they couldn't bring John Lester back. And, look, that didn't work out at all. Uh, they, they they gave it their best shot. They hoped that an ace would emerge over time. Uh, Clay Buckles, as he's done in the past, Tim, you know, Clay Clay was able to be an ace for about a six or seven week stretch there. But you know, with Clay, something always comes up, and uh, you know, he was he wasn't able to do it for the for the full year. So um, you know, now they have an unquestioned ace, and uh, you know, they're ready to go forward with, with David Price. 
So they get Price, and Price, I know, in his press conference, Ian, he said all the right things. He talked about his struggles in the postseason, and he said he was saving those bullets for his time with the Red Sox, and he's already known in his career as, as a great clubhouse guy, um, and, and he's he's active on social media, and I think Red Sox fans are going to love the fact that there's so much interaction you can have with this guy via Twitter and stuff like that. He just seems like the total package, and I think the biggest sign of that was the other teams that were in on this because we saw the Cardinals willing to really overpay for David Price. They wanted to get this guy, but once they didn't get him, they weren't interested in any of the other big-name free agents out there, and that was the biggest sign to me that this guy is is just different and is just special and so much more of a plus that the Red Sox were able to get him. Yeah, I mean, David Price was clearly the guy that the Red Sox – had targeted all along. Uh, he was Dombrowski's guy from the very beginning. I mean, ownership talks about um, John Henry and Tom Warner talk about how Dave Dombrowski mentioned, um, you know, signing David Price the second uh, he took the job with the Red Sox was in August. He was already thinking about uh, he was already thinking about David Price, you know, at that time. And they, of course, Dombrowski traded for him once before when he was in Detroit. Then had to trade him uh, to Toronto last year when the Tigers were sort of rebuilding. And uh, Dombrowski just thinks the world of. Uh, David Price from their time together, so it was, uh, you know, it's always a lot of money to spend on someone like that. But I think it's easier when the, when Dombrowski has a track record with the pitcher, um, and he has a pretty good idea that he's going to, uh, you know, he's pretty confident that he's going to succeed with the Boston Red Sox. The Sox signed Price right before the winter meetings in December, and then they struck again during the winter meetings. Uh, as far as a trade goes, they acquired Carson Smith and Rowenis Elias from the. From the Mariners, they sent away Wade Miley, who obviously is a valuable starting pitcher, and along with prospect Jonathan Arrow. Uh, but but Carson Smith is a guy that I think until this trade was kind of under the radar, and then the moment this trade was made, people started talking about him and, and looking more closely at what he did last year and seeing how valuable this guy can be in the late innings. Yeah, absolutely. Carson Smith is a really another nice piece for the team. And, look, the Red Sox have taken note of what the Kansas City Royals have done the last couple of years. Um, it really takes, in today's game of baseball, um, your best chance to win and go deep in October is to have a bullpen that doesn't just have a closer and a primary setup man, but four or five guys who can really get the job done. And the Red Sox think they've built that with Kimbrell, with Koji, with Junichi Tozawa, now with Carson Smith. They feel Robbie Ross really came a long way as a reliever last year. Um, so the Red Sox feel good about their bullpen, and Carson Smith's uh, – Kind of uh, underrated, but had a huge rookie year in Seattle last year. They they really feel good about that move. And then Elias gives you some options as well, as far as a guy who could pitch out of the bullpen can also start, um, and can also end up you know starting the year in the minors possibly. So another good deal there for the Red Sox. So those were really the major deals. When you look at this off season for the Boston Red Sox, Ian, and you look at a team that obviously had to get stuff done during this off season after finishing in last place in 2015. Is this team now a contender in the American League East? Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, you know the Red Sox, along with Toronto, are sort of the teams to beat um, in the AL East going into the year. Uh, you know, I don't discount the Yankees either. Uh, it's kind of a contrast in styles though, between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, where the Red Sox are really going to lead, uh, I think, with their pitching this year, and the Blue Jays are just uh, a complete offensive juggernaut. You don't know quite how well the Blue Jays are going to pitch, and you don't know quite how well the Red Sox are going to hit overall. So I think that uh, that's going to be a really good race in the AL East. And then you have the Yankees with that 1-2-3 uh, dominant bullpen there with Miller, Batantes, and, uh, and Araldis Chapman. 
This has been MLB.com Extras, our Boston Red Sox edition. Ian Brown, thanks a lot as always. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.